how can you implement 3D printing in meaningful ways? 3D printing isn't as complicated as you might think, and there are so many possibilities with it when using this type of creation with students of all ages. In today's episode, I am talking with Bruce Wyman. We connected online when Bruce first moved to Colorado, which is where I live, and I even got to see his classroom virtually. We met up in person and talked so much about STEM and 3D printing. We had a great breakfast, and I could totally see his passion when it comes to creation and especially 3D printing. So I knew from there, once I got the podcast going, which we are here today, that I needed him on the show. Bruce Wyman is an experienced STEM professional, business owner of 3D Protect Me, and environmental advocate with a demonstrated history of working in the education management industry. He is skilled in STEM-based activities, all things 3D, and educational organizations. He previously taught elementary STEM and is currently teaching in the middle school space. You're going to get some great information in this episode today on how to add 3D printing into your instruction, as well as some insight with some differences between elementary and middle school creation. Excited for you to listen to today's episode. Welcome to the Elementary STEM Coach Podcast, a show that'll help you with lesson ideas, systems, and actionable tips to apply to your classroom. I am your host, Naomi Meredith, a former classroom teacher turned current STEM teacher and coach. With over a decade of experience teaching and a master's degree in STEM leadership, I am here to coach you throughout the year to help you gain back more time to create innovative experiences for your students. Grab your earbuds and let's get started. Well, thank you, Bruce, so much for being here today after all the technical issues to how many STEM teachers does it take to get onto a podcast. We made it. So if the audio is a little off, I had to unplug my microphone, but we're here, we're doing this, and I know we're going to have a lot of great stuff um, chatting together today. So thanks for agreeing to do this. Um, I don't know how, how we connected. I think you reached out to me. I can't remember, but I remember having a Zoom meeting with you and you were setting up your classroom and I was looking at your elementary classroom when you moved to Colorado. <laughs> yeah, that was um that my classroom was enormous. It was a it was a, it was a former kindergarten classroom. This year my class is about a third of the size and I have 13 3D printers in there. So we're pretty tight. <laughs> okay, well that's perfect cuz we're talking about 3D printing. You have 13? That's amazing. <laughs> Yeah, I'm pretty fortunate for sure. Oh my gosh, I'm so jealous. Well, I know we're going to get into all things 3D printing. That's why I have you on here because you have a lot of experience about this. But if you wouldn't mind, uh, before we dive into that, just telling us about yourself, your teaching background, and you have an interesting um, background because you were in elementary and now you're in middle school, which I think a lot of teachers can connect with. So if you wouldn't mind chatting about who you are. I wouldn't mind at all. And thanks a lot for having me on. I really appreciate your time. And sorry about the technical snafus. You can blame it on me. Tell your listeners. <laughs> um, yeah, so I was a, a, well, first of all, dad. I'm a dad and a husband of two kids. Um, but then I'll, I would rank teacher as def- definitely the number three thing in my life for sure. Um, yeah, so I got into it about maybe 15 years or so ago when my kids were little. I was coaching them and I was like, you know, this is kind of like teaching. So maybe I'll, I'll transition into teaching and it have so far has been uh, it's been pretty good. Uh, did one of those career switcher type programs from the corporate world into teaching. 
My first year was I taught kindergarten, which nearly killed me, but it was super awesome. Um, and then most of the time, I, for the about nine years, I taught sixth grade, and then a couple a couple of years in middle school, and this is my uh, sixth year as a STEM teacher. So super excited! Oh, that's super cool. And then, how long have you been out in Colorado? Did you only teach at that one school for one year, or was it a couple of years? I couldn't remember how long. Yeah, this is this is the uh, we're about halfway through our second year. First year, I was a K through five STEM teacher. And this year, I'm uh, the, the middle school teacher that I had found out that I had 3D printing uh, background. So she said, would you like to teach 3D printing and 3D design all day? I'm like, wow, that sounds pretty <laughs> cool. So that's what I'm doing. I had to create a curriculum, which was really hard. But with your help, with all the all the teachers pay teacher things that you provided me, it uh, got, got me got me going really easily. Thank you for that. Oh, you're welcome. I'm so glad it was helpful because you have way more experience in 3D printing than I do. So that means a lot because like, you know, with a lot of this STEM stuff, it's just a lot of trial and error and trying things out and see what's going to work and what do the students like. So that's really awesome. How how has the transition to middle school been? Have you seen a huge difference? Like, is there a lot? How do the kids react to 3D printing? I know the little kids are obsessed about it. How has it been with middle school? Yeah, it's, it's been really cool. The, the, like you said, elementary kids are completely possessed. And we find kids, when the, when the 3D printers are running, they'll just, they'll just stare at it for hours and hours and hours. Um, so getting their attention sometimes away from the 3D printing uh, to the teaching is, is a challenge at times. But it's okay. It's fine. Uh, middle school kids, same way. I mean, I, I'm in a somewhat of a low-income area. And these kids just didn't have any exposure or background in 3D printing. So when they first see these things, it's kind of it's kind of the same thing. I can see those little elementary oh, eyes inside those giant middle school bodies' heads, and they they seem to like it so far. They like the you know the projects we're doing, and just to see this thing create, you know, it, it, they're pretty cool. If you've ever seen one, any of your viewers, or I know you've seen them and worked with them, it's pretty cool the first time you're exposed to it. Oh yeah, they're super. I I thought they were more complicated than what they actually are. And I had, there's this really good video I show my students. You might have watched it with your kids, but it's I think it's National Geographic Kids, and they explain it that it's like a hot glue gun icing a cake. So yep. it's just basically melting the plastic in a pattern, which. Oh, that's a great explanation for it. <laughs> yeah, I used that at the beginning of of all the semesters so far. I've used the Nat Geo Kids. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I thought that's what it was. I'm like, oh, I don't know if I'm right about that. Um. So, like, when you're teaching your classes, because you said the kids haven't seen it, like, how how do your classes go? Because they might not have a whole lot of experience. Have you found that as a middle school kid, when they're going into 3D design, how is that transition for them? Because I can imagine, just based on their technology skills, it it would just change how you teach your projects. It's it's really true. Um, one of the first things we use is a 3D pen. Like when I try to introduce to them 2D versus 3D, we use an online program called Doodle 3D, which is just a free open source thing, which is kind of fun. So they can see on the split screen 2D versus 3D. They just use their finger on an iPad and it creates 3D. And then the actual 3D pens, they can actually create three-dimensional things in the classroom. So that's that's kind of a cool way to transition or you know, share the concept of 3D to them. Because again, so a lot of them just don't have that background. Mm, that's a really, that is so smart to do that. I haven't used the 3D pens in there. I One, um, actually, Tiana, I'm pretty sure it's Tiana, she was on this podcast. She 
got a grant for 3D pens. Would you recommend getting those for the classroom? I haven't used them. I have. The first one I bought when, when before we moved here, my wife and I moved here, we were in the Washington, D.C. area for a long time. And I used, I can't remember the name of the company, but it was this plastic one and it wasn't very good. But if it's okay, <laughs> can I tell you the name of the company, the ones we use now? Oh, yeah, yeah. Tell me. Yeah, it's Mint 3D, M-Y-N-T 3D. And they're fantastic. Okay, I'm going to link this and look it up so they don't clog as often as like those cheap ones. I haven't had a single clog. Oh, that's so good. Okay, that's good to know because, yeah, that can be really frustrating with all the kids. Right. The first ones I bought were terrible. They clogged all the time. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's good to know. I'm going to find this and we'll link it. Okay. Um, so, okay, you have all this experience, but your story, when you were talking to me about this, I think your story about with 3D printing is so interesting. And I think it's so valuable and helpful for the kids. So if you wouldn't mind sharing, what is your background in 3D printing? And I know you had a business that related, which is super (laughs) cool. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, hopefully the, your listeners will think it's interesting as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I I found out about this company again in the Washington DC area that they were a 3D printing reseller and they were looking for a teacher. I had zero experience in 3D printing, so I didn't have a clue what I was doing. I uh, went and worked for these guys. They said, don't worry, we we want a teacher because we want to sell these printers to the schools. So they needed someone who could speak to teachers and administrators and decision makers in the schools. Um, and I had a little bit of a business background, so I was a sort of a business consultant for them. And um, so they got me up to speed on the 3D printers, 3D scanning, 3D design, you know, the CAD design stuff. So I learned a lot from them. And uh, we went into the schools, we sold them. Um, I started my own business called 3D Me, and we did stuff in the schools as well. Um, we also did work with the uh, the fitness industry. And then mm-hmm. to make ends meet, we were doing this during COVID as well. We actually, I actually teamed up with a guy from Eastern Europe and we made uh, PPE, uh, 3D printed PPE um, things for, for people. Oh, that's so, that's so smart. And just like make it more accessible. I know I was 3D printing some ear savers during that time. And I actually got my 3D printers a few weeks before the shutdown. So I had never, I brought them home and I was printing some of that. But I mean, you know, the filament isn't that expensive when it can in consideration. Um, So that's really cool. You were able to help out in that way with your background. Um, And that's a good story for your students too. Okay, so you have a picture about you and this machine. So back to your fitness industry. What? Did, how did that connect with 3D printing? Because there's a picture you sent me and you're standing in this machine. Like, How does that all connect together? Yeah, I couldn't afford a machine like that because that's about a $100,000 machine. It's a 3D scanner. It's got about 130 cameras in it that all take a picture at the same time. And it captures this, this figure for you to be able to 3D print it. Print it. I've got a, 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 a 3D scanning device that was made for the fitness industry. So you stand on this thing and you spin around. And I've shown the kids and I have it in my classroom. You have to come and see this thing. You have it in your classroom? I do. You should come get a scan of this thing and I could I could create a 3D full-size Naomi. What? I did this for the teachers. I made about 30 or 40 of them this year. It was so cool. You have to get it. I'll just send you the files you know, for free for nothing. What? This is so <laughs> nuts. What did the teachers think of this? That's so nuts. I didn't share that part, did I? I've got no. some. No. You got to come to the classroom. 
I know I need to see this. Like, I mean, it just visualize. So does it uh, just scan you, just creates a model or does it gather other data as well? It does. Well, this was, again, uh, created for the fitness industry. So it actually gives you data on your body measurements. It's actually used uh, for fit the fitness industry. So it gives you, you know, how big your wrist is or your neck or legs or whatever. So people use it for weight loss, but also we've found that uh, people who are like bodybuilders, they want to uh, track their weight, um, their muscle gain uh, growth over time. So we've actually have used this with personal trainers as well. Oh, that's awesome. That, so Okay, so you have all this cool stuff. You have like the perfect stuff for a 3D classroom. So how do, what do you teach with the kids when they're like thinking about your year? Um, and even t- you could talk about what you've done in elementary. I know you did some 3D printing. What, how, what are some favorite projects you've done with your students and how do you make this relevant for them? Because I know a lot of times teachers, when they think about 3D printing, it seems overwhelming. Also, mm-hmm. what is the point? I've also heard teachers like, should I even teach 3D printing? Like, why does it matter? Right. Yeah. Well, I've found too, just the searching when I started this program in middle school, it's really hard to find 3D printing curriculum. I mean, I looked Mm. everywhere. I found one British company that had some pretty good uh, supplemental stuff. But as far as uh, projects go, we did a um, uh, kids made a custom fridge magnet that had their name and pictures and different things on it for their, you know, to take home to their family. We did uh, piggy banks, which was kind of cool because then you have to design you know, get a figure, but then you have to make it hollow. So that was a little bit of a challenge for the kids in the design process. We made cell phone stands. We did uh, board games. And a lot of these kids didn't know what a board game was. Oh, interesting. They created a board game and then they they had to come up with, um, they had to make their own custom player pieces. And then they got to play each other's games, which was kind of fun. But my favorite one is the, um, where the kids had to choose a favorite teacher. And then they designed a <laughs> printed manipulative based on a lesson that they've used. And they had to write them a formal letter and then give them uh, give them the 3D printed device. And I, I couldn't believe the the reception and the, the impact it made at my school. My principal was just they were all just kind of blown away. It was nothing, you know, nothing great that I did. It's just the kids did kids did such a great job um, with that project. I think I shared that with you. I'm not sure. I think you did. What were some of the things that they made? Like, what were some of the examples? Yeah, they made uh, for the science teacher. I saw there was an animal cell. There was a plant cell. For the history teachers, they did, I mean, all kinds of historic buildings. They did uh, compass rows for geography. They did, I know a bunch of my kids did um, an Edgar Allan Poe, like a raven and different things for literature. I mean, it it was wide open. It was amazing. They probably did hundreds of different things that they um, customized and they put their name, they use the CAD software to put their name on the model and then give it to the teachers. And I mean, I I think some of the teachers were crying when they received these from some of the kids. Yeah, it was pretty emotional. And it was cross-curricular. I'm always looking for more stuff like that. I'm trying to create more cross-curricular because I don't want it to be just technology. We print out a little gadget and then they, you know, use it or, you know, fidget spinner or whatever. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. Like I, and then that's so good that you said that because I've had kids who've come into my class from other schools in my district or not, and they see I have three D printers. Like, oh, you have a three D printer? Can I just like send you all this stuff to print? That's what my old school did. And I'm all, um, no, we're gonna actually <laughs> create something. That's a, I'm glad you're excited about it, but I think that's important too that. 
we need to have students be creating with this technology and literally just finding something and printing it is kind of just being a consumer. They're not really doing anything with that item. Um, so I know that that can be hard. I mean, it is hard. That's good. That means their brain's working. That's a good challenge for them right. to create something. 100%. Did you do the same projects in elementary school as well? Or did you do other things with your kids? We did. I guess we did. We didn't really do a lot of the design. I exposed them to Tinkercad, which is our favorite uh, CAD design software, which is good for beginners. So they did work with that. They did design a few things. And I was able to print out, you know, one thing for each kid. But I had, you know, as you I think you're aware of, uh, I was a K- K-5 STEM teacher and I had over 500 kids. And we know that yep. 3D printing is not lightning fast. So no. <laughs> it's, it's not, but every kid got to design one thing and have yep. to, you know, to keep one thing, too. Um, so at a smaller scale, for sure, in elementary. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I do the same. same. I do I do also one for every kid. I st- I'm actually starting. So we're re- we are recording in February. I'm going to start in like a week. So end of February, I will be printing for the rest of the school year. Nice. <laughs> so you know, it takes a long time. No doubt. So if, if teachers, I know, like I said, it can be scary with 3D printing and some teachers actually don't even have 3D printers. So are there any tips that teachers should be aware of? So like if someone doesn't have a 3D printer, what could they do now? And then if they do have a 3D printer, what do you recommend? Right. If they didn't have a 3D printer, actually, there's a lot of local libraries that have the, that you can use them. So a teacher could use that. But then again, you know, it could get expensive and there's you know, the time constraints. Do you want to sit there for six hours while these things are printing? Uh, the 3D pens are a really good way to, you know, to start with this type of thing and to so the kids can understand what, you know, between 2D and 3D. So the pens are nice. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't have a, a 3D printer, um, you can you can actually find them now for about three or four hundred dollars. So they're not terribly expensive for pretty good printers. Maybe find someone who has one. There's actually here in Denver area, there's a place called uh Oh gosh, what is it? It's like there's a makerspace. A lot of major cities have makerspaces oh. where you can go and experiment with them. Uh, Tinker Mill, I believe, is a place here in Denver. Um, cool. But you know, and and start using Tinkercad, uh, the three the, the 3D design software. It's open source and free. Um, so that's probably the best way uh, to do that, just to you know to get up to speed slowly or. I mean, they could they could email me. <laughs> <I'll help laughs> that's them. true. <laughs> Resources as well. Teachers helping teachers. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think that's so smart. Like you don't maybe not even starting with the kids right away. I remember, like I said, I had no experience with this. I had a classroom with an old 3D printer, and one I travel a lot. So um, one year we went to Chicago for a summer. We went to the. Um, Museum of Science and Industry in Chicago. Have you been to that museum? Yes. Amazing. Oh, oh, it's so good. I've been twice. I love that museum. Um, But anyway, they have like special experiences you can do. And um, I ended up taking one about 3D printing. It was for children. (laughs) So it was me and a bunch of kids. (laughs) Um, and adults teaching it, but I told the instructors, I'm a teacher. I don't know how to teach 3d printing. I really just want to hear you explain it to other kids and just hearing the vocabulary that they used. And it was super helpful. What I made was super ugly and they printed it. Um, 
But it was really helpful just hearing that language. So I absolutely agree. Just even watching other people teach or playing around with it. I've also recommended, yeah, I recommend Tinkercad. Like you said, I've had teachers create items with Tinkercad so they can do a whole project, but maybe they just can't print it that year. And that's okay. They can still do the whole project. And really, I don't know about you, but I feel like with 3D printing, a lot of the actual printing is teacher management anyway. (laughs) At least in elementary, it's not really on the students at that point, like all the design they can do. And then it's up to you as a teacher to manage the rest. (laughs) Right. It's important also that my first week when I teach these things now, especially in middle school, is uh, 3D printing safety because that nozzle can get really, really hot. So and and I use the uh, show the kids how to use different tools. So when they take the uh, the their print off the model off, it has those supports sometimes depending upon what you're building, and they love taking the supports off their own models. Oh yeah, that's really good. And it, yeah, especially with middle school, that's a great. They could definitely do that stuff. Right. <laughs> so then, if a teacher does have a 3D printer, so okay, they have. Let's say they have one now. Um, they've done some trainings. Like, what would you recommend? Like, getting into that. Like, then where should you start after that with 3D printing? You would think. Yeah, I mean, I would teach them the the three ways that you can create a model. So one is download free, like on something like Thingiverse. There's tons of free models online. Uh, it would be great if they could show the kids in some way uh, 3D scanning. Um, there's, I mean, there's there are 3D scanners that you can just attach to an iPad. And those work pretty well to capture a 3D image. And then the other one is uh, unlike on Tinkercad, where you go and create mm-hmm. it yourself. So Tinkercad is really a, is, is a fantastic, again, open source, um, free uh, software type thing that integrates really well with 3D printing. Uh, the 3D pens, again. But yeah, yeah, as soon as they get the, the printer, a lot of the companies also um, will provide uh, some curriculum, yeah. provide support. Um, depending upon the, you know, the printer that you get and then, you know, things like YouTube and, you know, online, there's so many great, you know, starter lessons, or you can reach out to Naomi on Teachers yeah. Pay Teacher. <laughs> <laughs> I know I do have some lessons for 3D printing. Um, yeah, I used Tinkercad with second through fifth grade. My first project I ever did was fourth and fifth grade. And this is with literally no experience. And they created a bubble wand. Um, I also had to explain what a bubble wand is. So that was just like with you and board games. <laughs> Didn't right. have the background. <laughs> um, so they created a bubble wand that could be given to our before and after care program for the summer. So that could be an activity for the kids to use. And I actually didn't print all of their designs because I knew I wouldn't have time. Um, my printer is super old at the time. So what they had to do is convince me and sell me on as to why their bubble wand should be chosen and kind nice. of write a persuasive piece to me and sell it. Um, and sometimes some simple designs actually sold me based on their writing. So um, that was a good starter project. I don't do that one anymore, but it was simple enough where students were um, in Tinkercad, like using the given shapes. I feel like it's like building with digital blocks. That's what I tell them. It's just smushing digital blocks together. And so a bubble wand is not super complicated. So that was a fun starter project. You could really look into the standards uh, for math when it comes to shapes and geometry. I feel like there's so math, much math when it comes to 3D printing. Have you seen that as well with the math piece? 
Yeah, when we did the uh, the cell phone stands, um, that they had to measure their phones because they're all different sizes. So they actually, and we talked, and uh, we left. I intentionally left ours on millimeters because I wanted them to learn metric. And okay. so we, they had to measure how wide their phone was so they could create the right size stand. And you know, doing prototyping and making mistakes. You know, I've, I'm a big promoter of making mistakes and fixing it using the engineering design process and going through that. That whole thing is really, really useful. Um, or things like uh, keychains. That's a really good one to start with too. I think Tinkercad's got some really good introductory keychain things too. I love the bubble wand. I haven't seen that one. I love that yeah, idea. It's a good one. Yeah, steal it. <laughs> Especially, um, yeah, if you're getting started with kids, and I don't think it was my original idea to be honest, um, or even if it was an after school club, I love doing after school clubs. And I know you're running one, you said, but after school clubs are an awesome way to try things because if 3D printing is scary, host an after school club and you guys figure out 3D printing together. And then maybe next year you're ready to do it as a unit for fourth and fifth grade. And then the next year you do second and third grade. And then after that, K1. I am crazy and I do it K through five, but it did, I wasn't like that the first year. So right. um, it does take a lot of growth. Um, for sure. And just being more confident in what you're printing, I feel like, because yeah. it's a lot. Agreed. Yeah. When we, uh, I'm actually that my middle school principal just asked me if I'd be willing to teach a 3D printing two class now. So in oh, the fall, that's great. We're start, start the next level doing predominantly problem based type things and project based type things. Those are, are two are two big things. And, you know, we do yeah. everything is collaborative. Yes. That's good to know because you would think with 3D printing, it's on the computer, you can't collaborate. How do you have students collaborate on their projects? Like how do you have them work together because it is based on the computer? And some people have misconceptions about that, I know. Right, well, I'm just super intentional when I put together the grading rubric and put together the instructions and put together all the things where it's kind of, I don't wanna say forced collaboration. Like <laughs> no, you kind of have to. But because a lot, of, again, I see a lot of students these days, at least in middle school and upper elementary, have a really hard time collaborating, you know, and dealing with, you know, with with groups of people and knowing that if you're in a group, and I tell them the same thing with teachers, if I'm in a group of teachers, there's usually at least one teacher that might not be my favorite teacher, but I need to be able to work with that teacher. So yep. those yep. types of skills are really really important. And again, sometimes it doesn't work out. Sometimes there's there's plenty of ways that we, you know, we have to change groups or we figure out a different way to collaborate. But, you know, it's a good uh, good lesson for, you know, later when they are doing more of that stuff in high school or, you know, eventually having jobs, you know, uh -huh. being, having to deal with people that may, not, <laughs> may it may be a struggle or a challenge for sure. <laughs> yeah, you're not just teaching a 3D printing class, you're teaching them those soft skills. That's what we're in the business of. Secretly, we have the cool tools, but really we're teaching them things that they're going to use the rest of their life. They, most of them might not even use 3D printing, but they need to know how to be nice, even though they're not their BFF forever. <laughs> right. Yeah, I've heard that uh, as far as STEM goes, uh, I've read somewhere recently that close to 70% of the future jobs are going to come under that STEM umbrella. So That's is good. it important? Yeah, I say it is. <laughs> Absolutely. I completely agree. Um, okay. Any last things that teachers should know if they're scared of trying 3D printing or anything else that they would know? If you were even to tell your past self about 3D printing, what would you say? 
Yeah, I would say first thing is don't be scared of 3D printing. Um, it may look daunting, just like any new concept or new technology or something like that. It's not super difficult. Um, a lot of the printers now are just plug and play. You know, yeah. once you design it, I mean, again, it's a printer, just like you think like the 2D printers, the old Xerox, HP, whatever printers, you hit a button and it's print. Most of the most of the fun creative part comes beforehand, you know, when you're doing the creative portion of it. So I, I think having fun with the creative part of it, um, because when it comes to the printer, you know, the difficult one of the more difficult things is the maintenance. So yeah. getting to know your machine um, is is good. And um, experimenting with materials as well um, is, is a good thing. And then again, to reiterate, don't be afraid, because if I can do it, then any of you guys can do it as well. I agree. And it's so much fun. You feel so proud of yourself that things get printed. I get excited. Like, oh my gosh, it printed. I can't believe it. <laughs> or the best. I don't know if you do this. The best is when you leave a print before you leave for school and you come back in the morning and there's no errors. It worked. <laughs> right. No, that's really true. We used to, at that last company I worked at, they actually, they set up a program where they had cameras to monitor the prints. And then they could remote remotely, we had smart switches, so they could remotely stop the print to save the material if something went wrong. That's awesome. I feel like my printers do that. I think mine do. I have cameras. Nice. That's super cool. Well, thank you, Bruce, so much for chatting with me. I was I, I just remember when we chatted in person, I'm like, I have to have you on my podcast. And I don't think I, my podcast was a thing yet. You and I were talking about I was going to do one. And then I just knew with all of your knowledge and expertise that I would have to have you on there. And I know you're being even modest because you know a lot more than you even say you know sometimes. <laughs> but you're super helpful. And um, all your information will be linked in the show notes, but is there any specific place that you would prefer to teachers to reach out to you? Um, yeah, my personal Gmail is fine. Bwyman19 at Gmail. I've got a, you know, a school email address and Facebook, LinkedIn. Actually, LinkedIn is a good place. You can just, you know, just search my name and you can find me there as well. And I'm more than happy to share with whoever because it's fun to get other people excited about it. Well, thank you so much. And I feel like everyone's going to feel so much better about 3D printing after listening to this and just be excited for that next journey in their STEM classroom. So thank you so much again for your knowledge. Of course. Thank you for being an influencer and a STEM promoter. Ah, oh, of course. I try. <laughs> well, thank you again. My pleasure. Take care. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the Elementary STEM Coach Podcast. I would love to connect with you over on Instagram at Naomi Meredith underscore or send me an email to elementarystemcoachpodcast at gmail.com. Also, make sure to check out my website, naomimeredith.com to see all the show notes from today's episode and shop my K-5 STEM resources. Any questions you have, needs for resources, or ideas for episodes, get in touch. I'll talk to you soon.